Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Dragon friends. It is Hing slash Frizo here. Uh, I just wanted to let you know some special live shows that are coming up. For people in Sydney on the 28th of April, we are doing a Dragon Friends Play Werewolf show at the Comedy Store in Sydney. You know Werewolf. Um, sometimes it's called Mafia. It's a game where basically you murder your friends repeatedly over the night and the game ends when someone takes it personally and then goes home. Um... We've got three special guests for that. Uh, from Triple J, you might know my radio friend, Lewis Hobber. You might also know the host of Hack, Avni Dias. They'll both be joining us. And also, Base Base, with Hoover Berry herself, Montaigne. She's taking a break from preparing for Eurovision to play a dumb game with us. Uh, we've done this werewolf show a couple of times, and they're just so much fun. Um, at the time of recording, I don't know if this werewolf show will be recorded to be put out anywhere else. So if you're in Sydney and you want to see it, please do come along. We're also on May 12th doing a Star Wars Dragon Friends at the Comedy Store, but we'll tell you more about that later. Uh, tickets for both these shows are on sale. And finally, my stand-up show, Kill Hing in the Name of, opens this week at the Factory Theatre, the 22nd to the 24th of April. It is, I think, uh, my best work. It's a show about my slow descent into madness last year. Uh, some of you may be able to relate to that, uh, which results in me trying to fake my own death. Uh, it's real funny. I really enjoy doing it in Melbourne, and uh, the Dragon Friends who came to that really seem to enjoy it. Uh, you can get tickets to all three of these shows at the Sydney Comedy Festival website. All right, let's get to the show. Hey, Hugh, I will literally... I, I think I have your bank details. I will give you $40 if I hear this podcast, and that bit and this bit is I'll give you there. 50 to keep it in. <laughs> Friendship is forever, friendship never ends, it doesn't matter what time you're in, you're still a dragon friend! One thousand years before the dragon friends first left their cosy town of Daggerford, the Sword Coast was racked by a secret war. On the one side, the all-powerful Netherese Empire of the Archmage Carsus. On the other side, the shadowy, freeborn partisans of the great Jar himself, Strahd von Zarevich. The dragon friends have found themselves witnesses to history itself. The end of the First Age of Wonder and the advent of the Second Age of Ruin. You have met Carsus. Flown with the ardent flight, broken bread with the freeborn by the shadow of the Balanox. If only the bards could see the four of you now. You have also killed Karsus' Skymaster, blown up his personal skyship and teppanyaki restaurant, stolen, and I'm still quite angry about that, stolen a priceless magical relic and killed Strahd's own father, Paternius von Zarevich, in front of dozens of witnesses. That was a big one. In the centre of the court of the exile. I'd say that was bigger than the teppanyaki restaurant. <laughs> Look, I listened back to the podcast and it seems a crazy thing to do. <laughs> just using, you know, just using logic, the age of the man, like... You were so proud of yourself when you did it too. I was just like, well, I saw Filge punt that brain off the side of the ship, I guess, in the first half and I was like... Yeah, you got the bloodlust. Yeah. <laughs> I understand, my friend. But I was listening back to it and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> 
Now they say that history is written by those with the courage to act. As Strahd von Zarevich stands up at his makeshift throne, Jerek, Rim and his howlers warily approach shock pikes at the ready. And suddenly, from above you, there is an earthquaking boom as the entire court of the exile shakes. Everybody roll for me a dexterity save, DC 15. Oh, no. 18. I got an 8. 15. 25. All right. So, uh, Frizo, you collapse to the ground prone, but the rest of you are all still upright for now. And there is consternation amongst the entire court as everybody panics and a movement erupts amongst the courtiers. Maisel Laroon, one of the two Laroon siblings, grabs from a pouch at his belt um, what looks like an arcane focus, a magic mirror, and holds it up above his head and then looks at it, his eyes turning white as he turns to his sister and Master Strahd and says, The Ardent Flight, they've tracked us here somehow. I don't understand. Someone must have brought a hex-locked, um, a hex-marked weapon into here. We've been compromised. And Strahd is like, Did one of you dickheads bring a weapon in here? Now, the way that you just said no uh, makes me think uh, uh, that maybe you brought a hex-marked weapon in here. Well... The, car, the, the claw of Cassus, the magic weapon that you retrieved from the rapture, by the way, has a red stone in it that is now beeping and glowing through... Um, what? What? What's that? That? The this, beeping thing! The beeping thing. This is my beeper. <laughs> you what? It's a beeper. It's... I work at a hospital... <laughs> On call 24-7. You know what it's like. I'm a doctor. I don't, I don't know most of what you just said. You don't know what a, doc, you don't know what a doctor is. I don't know what a doctor is, is you piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I saved lives, motherfucker. You just killed my father. I get you why. I was putting him out of his misery. I work for a doctoring place in Switzerland. That's in the... <laughs> You are saying too many words that I do not understand and frankly scare me. You can see that Jarek Rim is standing over you. Hand over the weapon now while there's still time. Get fucked! <laughs> you can get abs. You can get fucked. He's taking. You can get fucked. And you know what? You can get what? fucked too. Yeah. Everyone can get fucked. Can I get I'm fucked? I'm keeping my weapon. He's taking. You can try and get fucked. He's... We all know you're a virgin. What? That is, is, is that, I'm sorry, is that technically true? This would be huge. La, 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 la. I'm going to kill a vampire, all right? <laughs> now, Jarek is already reaching to grab the claw from you, but it will provoke an attack of opportunity if yes, you want. Yes, it will. Make the attack. Uh, I'm going to make an attack of opportunity. What is, what is... Uh, Just make a regular attack, add plus five to it. Oh, that is 15. 15. All right, 15 hits as you knock him back. There's a crackle of electricity, but also it activates the smoking feature of your magical halberd. And the room is plunged in smoke that only at the moment Frieza can see. Meanwhile, there's still the sound of earthquakes um, bombarding, um, hitting the top of the hidden cave earthquakes complex. Earthquakes hitting the top of the cave. Earthquakes hitting... Work, work with me here. Okay. Work with me. <laughs> Sometimes when I get stuck in a description, yep, yep. it goes too far and I have a micro stroke. Sure. So... What I'm, what I'm this trying to for this reason that we have an ambulance on standby. <laughs> Guys, unfortunately, Dave recently had the AstraZeneca vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, if anything goes wrong, Hing E does work at the doctoring place. <laughs> he 
he's the one in a million. So the Court of the Exiles, which is the Court of the Exiles, is a secret cave complex hidden deep in the foot of the Balanox. It is now being rocked, roiled by a flotilla of flying skyships above the ardent flight of Old Islandar as they bombard the living shit out of the complex. It is filled with smoke because of your magical weapon, and there is a rioting mob of courtiers trying to get through. You can hear voices of those trying desperately to get out, shouting that the bombardment has already blockaded the doors leading into the court. It seems that the entire place is trapped. I'm going after Strahd. All right, you're going to need to roll. I'm just charging in the in, in, in the impotent rage that only a virgin can feel. <laughs> I, I I lash out with my sword and be like, I am with. I'm gonna but, do it eventually when it's the right person. I they wanna be in love first. Uh, Die. Okay, all right. With percep- with disadvantage, that's a perception check. That's a very emotive perception check. I've done it! I've definitely done it! Uh, 14. Okay, <laughs> you, you, you race forward, tears in your eyes and rage in your belly, but instead of stride, you bump into the tiny form of um, Marilene Val, the arcanist, in the suit, comes through, through the smoke towards you. Hey guys, I. Oh, ow! What did you. Ow! This might be the last day we both live. No! What? <laughs> Should, uh, the world's falling down around us. And you're, you're a different person who's not me. And that's what counts. Marilyn com- comes up to your belt buckle, okay? That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> no, listen! We have to get out it's, of here. It's just best on at the moment. Phil, you're up. Um, I'm going to uh, stop, drop and roll. Okay. I great. know my fire safety training. I'm going to roll over towards... <laughs> to, to who, who can I see? Who, who is my friend? Uh, you can still see. You can go the way uh, Baston went if you want. Or you can... I'll follow in Baston's right. direction. I'll roll towards Baston. Great. So the, the rest of you are gathering. Make a perception check for me very quickly. Uh, yep, you're fine. Okay, so you make it as well. And Bobby. Am I being grappled? Am I being held still? The you, You're in the middle of a throm... A thrum of courtiers. Yep. Throng? A throng is the word I was looking for. And That's seven people. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, is this a metric throng? Or a <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you're in a throng of panicking courtiers. There is smoke all around and in your lungs, so you can't see and you're kind of trying to keep your cool. I can hear, can I hear Baston shrieking about being a virgin? <laughs> yes, you're close enough that you can see what we're I'm going to head towards him and if I can move through the people who are twice my size etc etc yeah yeah great making it quickly just acrobatics or perception or um, natural dexterity. 20 natural 20 excellent Woo! easily did you like go dicky 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 over everyone's heads <laughs> yeah okay yeah wonderful so you make you're all together as a group as Val addresses the group uh, Frizo Frizo is going to did you say Maisel Maisel Larun Maisel Larun yeah. Maisel Larun did you say they were holding a magic mirror like an arcane focus that's correct yeah I... that's how they cast their magic Frizo's going to go for that I reckon can okay, I... you're going to split yourself up from the party? Well, I just... Dave, you might not know this, but I can't cast spells right now. And I really like casting spells. And I think that if I steal the mirror... <laughs> can't cast spells or focus on one thing at a time. All right, great. Make for me a perception check. Perception check? Uh, that is a 14. A 14. Um, that's fine. That's fine because you okay. saw where they were and yep. there's the light of the mirror and the light of their eyes. So yep. you, you run forward and a quick dexterity opposed. Oh, ho, ho, ho. 
13. 13. I rolled a 9, which yes. means that you, in the hustle, <laughs> in the hustle and bustle of the caves, you managed to grab the mirror out of Maisel's hands before disappearing yes. into the smoke yes, yes, and re- yes. rejoining with yes. the rest of your dragon friends. Sorry. I Don't just... make me regret it. Don't be weird about this, okay? <laughs> could you just be, could you be cool for, for, for like, uh, once? Oh. All right. All right, Val, you have, the, you have all of the dragon friends and mere seconds to act. Listen to me, and you listen to me later. Listen to me now. <laughs> I know these caves. I was raised around here. It's way out. You just come with me right now. Okay. Let's go. Yep. Live to fuck another day. <laughs> Fuck another day is my favourite Bond. It's a, um, <laughs> I thought it was weird when Daniel Craig signed on to do it, but <laughs> yeah. You know. Val takes you and leads you um, to a wall, which looked when the before the smoke came for like it was a, just a plain unmarked cave wall hewn from the stone with pickaxes. But as you get closer, you can see that there is a fissure cut into it cunningly to be deceptively invisible from the front on. And she slips in through, and the rest of you can slip through as well if you want to follow her deeper and darker, um, further down into the caves. Let's do it. Frieza, you've got to leave that sword here or the, those guys are going to follow us. I, no, the, the sword's going to do the smoke. The, the, if we run, the smoke will be behind us. This is, this is saving us. The bad people will find you if, they, if you keep the sword. <laughs> if you don't have a beeper, you don't have to go to work. Why don't we take this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, fine. I'll get rid of the sword. You could, I mean, you could. No, try- no, fine. I'll get rid of the sword. But next time we need to, next next time you need to get into a hospital, you know, or a doctoring place. Me was gonna say you could take the little stone out if you wanted to get get Bobby's little fingers onto it, or you could just have a tantrum and leave the sword here. Up to you. No. Third option, we're keeping it, let's go. <laughs> I really feel like Alex has started to play this game differently since she's had a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So you're gonna keep the you're gonna keep the sword, the claw of Chiron. Yeah! Alright. So Stop in that touching case, me! Frizo dives into the cave as the smoke begins to clear. You now all only have seconds to act. Um, Bobby, every, as everybody ducks through, Bobby, you're the last one through. Yep. Can you quickly make for me a dexterity saving throw? DC 16. 17. 17. All right, great. So all of you are able to make your way down deeper and deeper into the caves. One thing that they can hear is like, I know that you may have thought you've escaped. Whoever the fuck you are, but I'm telling you, I'm going to spend the rest of my stupid fucking life trying to kill you. Hear me on this. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck. I can't remember how many of you were there, but N being how many of you are (laughs) times fuck you. You killed my father. You, You gave away the location of my hideout. Fuck you. And it kind of dies away. Yeah. Now the smoke is leading behind you, and actually, Filter goes, "Who is that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never see him again. <laughs> You're moving quickly now, but you've, you have a, a small lead on the people that are already following you. The bombing is continuing, and you're going further and further down. Actually, Bobby, can you also make for me as you walk through these smoke-infested corridors with disadvantage a perception check for me? Uh, that is a eight. Okay, cool. 
Um, so you continue further down and down, trying to find your way, but you all quickly seem to get lost, and you're very much relying on Val, who is walking with, it has to be said, less and less purpose and decision with every footstep as she leads you further and further down. You can hear the awkward sounds of guards, howlers from above in the, ca- in the, ca- in the caves, trying to reach you. As what you makes f- them awkward? They're wearing those kind of still suits, the big rubbery suits. Oh, and they're, they're like after after you. It's squeak. I think it's squeaks. Oh, like a like a bad like a fake leather sofa. It's a very thin corridor, yeah. And they're trying to get down one no, at a time. Oh, they're like after you. After no, you. no, no, after you. After you. <laughs> uh, Val, do you know where we're going, or have you gotten less lost? No, I've got a pretty. I, you know, it's a funny story. I used to play in these caves when I was. Um... It's a yes or no question. Where are we? Okay, we're in a cave. Well, that isn't a yes or no question. <laughs> Thank you, Filch. Whose side are you on? I don't know. You say fuck me? Maybe? Fuck you. Maybe fuck me, huh? Uh, hey, Maybe look. fuck you, Val. <laughs> Not fuck <laughs> Baston, right? <laughs> it's okay, no man. I'm definitely going to do it. <laughs> yeah, he is. Hey, listen. <laughs> Wait, what? Val, Val is standing in front of a doorway at, in, a dead, in a dead end. Well, other than the doorway. Okay, so look. what is wrong with my head? A door at the end of the corridor. I have a pretty good idea. Let's go through here and then we need to have a little chat, okay? So this will just buy us some time. Time is the name of the game, okay? Just, just, we need time. Do we want need time. Uh, cards or dice or how does it work? Just get in here. How do we get in? The door, Val opens the door and you are all bustled into what looks like a small supply room. There are some furs on a old crate. So do you mean the soup? What? Sorry, but this is a world where teppanyaki exists. <laughs> so it's possible so... that the Vietnamese cuisine also exists. Yeah. A 10-foot by 10-foot ro- room with stone, cobblestones on the floor, an old crate, a table, some furs laid on the crate, now and a conspicuous, mean... <laughs> a conspicuous fucking lack of exits. Other than the one that you came in, this is a dead end at the end of the corridor and the sound of the guards is getting closer as Val desperately tries to bar and shut the door. This is your great plan to lock us in a supply closet? Look, this is not my whole plan, it's, but I will admit it's not a great plan, okay? So if we have ranking plans from good to bad... You know, you put this in the, in, in the pile closer to the bad end. Now, all of you make another... It's been a while since we've made constitution saves because of the time sickness that you're all suffering Ooh, hell from. Hell yeah, I crushed that one. Yeah, I crushed it too. Uh, 20. 19 you, plus with one disadvantage because you didn't take your medicine. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I do that? I was raw. I was going cold turkey or something, right? Uh, oh, no, second one. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a two. So, as Val turns... <laughs> and a four. Um, both... Bobby Pancakes and Filge start bleeding from their ears as very gently Filge falls down to her knees holding her little tummy. Okay, so listen, as far as I'm concerned, this is the best, worst plan you have, okay? But how do we get... Does anyone... Can anyone here move Earth or manipulate Earth? We don't need to move... Where? I think I can move you when. When? Interesting. Okay. Well, you have any of your little machines. 
Listen, and she takes out of her thing a little. Um, look, it's a bag of drugs, so you can put fantasy it's, it's stuff tw- on that however a, you like. It's a twist of leather, and inside it there are four glass it's ampules. It's a bag that buttons would come in. Four glass ampules <laughs> in a twist of leather. Inside those ampules, you can see what looks like a brilliant blue powder. We can go any when we want. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> we can go to any year that's in ab- history. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. Summer of Love, 1969. <laughs> Let's go. That's what do you want to do in the summer of love 1969? I've got a vendetta against Jimmy Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all this will do in theory, and I really do emphasize this is in theory, is take people who are suffering chromatic dysfunction as you are and unstick you from where you are. Imagine, for example, that... Uh, do you know a rubber band? I think we have them now. <laughs> Imagine that from the time that you're from, you were pulled, but this rubber band is taut. And it's, it's trying to pull you back, but you're stuck in place. So this will send us back to the future. I wouldn't use that exact construction of words. <laughs> but it will cure your time sickness. Yes, because the rubber band being taut is what's making you sick. What this- if we just cut the rubber band? Oh, I forgot the rubber band. Look at this cut the rubber band guy. Oh, okay, cool. Do you do you want there to still be a moon? <laughs> Cause that's how you lose the moon. I'm so sorry, I had no idea. But what we can do, what we can do is unstick you from the ground and you go boing this way. Arcanist Val, as she's saying this, unwraps the twist of leather and gives each of you an ampule, instructing you to break the glass and take the powder from inside and place it under your tongue and wait for it to dissolve. Now listen, here's what you need to know. If this works, okay. First of all, full disclosure. If this doesn't work, you you die very badly. But honestly, we're trapped, thanks to somebody. So... (laughs) That's gonna happen anyway. Oh, so how long in between taking this and it actually taking effect? You know what? I we have... don't have time, Master. <laughs> I do have time. There's always time. Listen to. And he starts to take off his one item of clothes. No, wait, wait, you beautiful man. Say that again. You beautiful. Stop oh, it. No. I want you to think about where you were when you touched the lodestone because that's pretty much where, if I'm right, you're going to come back to. Was it underwater? Was it under the mountains? Was it hot? Why was it, it was underwater? It, was it cold? Like, where, where were you? In, it was in a turret. It was in a turret. It was in Barovia? In the snow. No, okay. was it in Barovia? In uh, yeah. Old Netheril in the north, in Icewind Dale. It was in Icewind Dale. So, okay, she right. take, Now, I don't mean the soup. <laughs> Takes these first, okay? I don't mean the soup. I burned myself. <laughs> I said I didn't mean the soup. Take this first. Wrap yourself in this first because you are going to arrive back where you started in Icewind Dale. Once you get unstuck and the rubber band goes boingy, you will find yourself two things. One, probably cured of this chromatic displacement. And two... Chromatic means colour. Yeah, I think you meant temporal. Oh, sorry. Did you go to Special (laughs) Fantasy University? I am suitably chastised. <laughs> because I do mean chromatic. Because Val's theory of time travel has to do with the colour spectrum. Do I need to draw you a fucking diagram? I would actually love it. Can you, yeah, can diagram you explain a little bit more helpful. about that? <laughs> okay. Is it like synesthesia? It is exactly filled like synesthesia. Some... How do I know that? 
There are a certain type of yeah. person who okay. are born. It's about one in 20,000 who sure. can see time in the way that synesthesian people can see noise. What color is time? Oh, t- time. What are you talking about? The past, the future, the present? Oh, you mean like people that can see through time? No, I mean people who are like, oh, I'm having a memory that it was like a... S- you know. So you mix red time with yellow time, you get orange time? Is that... It's hey, now we're, now we're cooking with time. It's very complicated. The further back you go into the past, it's kind of blues. The further you go into the future. Oh, absolutely, fuck this. Okay. Yeah. At this point, the powders have dissolved completely and you, all of you, feel yourselves slipping into unconsciousness as your um, sight recedes, your eyes roll back into your head and you pass out. The last thing that you see, all of you, is Val staring um, at Baston as he slowly, his beautiful face... By the way, I'm trapped. Um, I didn't want to make this a downer for all of you, but the drug only works with people who are displaced. So it's been real... Um, he feel bad for eating the fur. <laughs> as you struggle to stay awake, you can hear splintering as the door, a huge battering ram, starts to hit the door and Val turns away slowly, a tiny gnome, to face a large wooden door. Hey, uh, but you know what? It works. Goodbye, Val. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> and all of you fall <laughs> unconscious. For a second, there is a great sensation as if being buffeted around by a huge, powerful wind lost in the blizzard, spinning and spinning into the ether. And then, with a huge shock to your system, sweat pours down the backs of your necks as you realise with exhilaration, with adrenaline pumping in your veins, that you are all still somehow alive. And not just alive, all memory of the time sickness has been replaced by just a deadening sense of euphoria mixed with exhaustion tonguing the back of your mouth Frieza, you even discover that the teeth that you lost have been returned your bodies are back together and you can only assume that Val's magic has worked as your eyes swim into focus to discover yourselves standing on a beautifully paved highway inside a giant city, the flagstones warm under your feet impossible ziggurats of metal, chrome and silver um, looming up above you while it seems impossible carriages fly and whiz overhead. There is light. There seems to be uh, flickering magical um, images broadcast on the sides of these buildings. (laughs) Guys, guys. Oh, no. It's been a thousand years and and Baston is still a virgin. (laughs) God damn it. Oh, I've got to get rid of this thing. Despite the traffic overhead, the streets are curiously empty. Uh, everybody make for me quickly perception checks. Ooh, perception checks. Oh, yeah, like... Not very good. 21. Three. 19. 21. 21. Gaston, so turning away from the brutal bullying of your friends... You find yourself desperately to look for it at anything else, studying a wall of one of these giant uh, towers to the side of the road. And in the light, you can see that there is a figure drawn, emblazoned, four stories high on the side of this tower. And as you walk towards it, 
you can see that it is a mural done in the heroic style of the profile of a man standing while skyships fly in perfect formation over his head. Emblazoned above that in a t- on a tapestry is other words, our immortal leader. And underneath that, you can see that it is the face of Strad von Zarevich. Holding two items close to his heart. One, a sword that you recognize all too well, the name sword of Sergei Vonzarevich, and the other, an old leather journal, impossibly old, its cover cracked and broken, but the but a skilled muralist has made it still legible as you can still see the letters of the title, the terrible and lamentable history of the ancient house of Strad. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You got that on the uh, you got that on the mural, huh? <laughs> Wait, so do I have my swords? Do I have my book? Someone fill fill G in real quick on this one. Baston, you do still have your sword. As you quickly grab your backpack, Bobby, and you open it, you quickly rifle through it to discover that it looks like all of your items are in disarray and something has been filched from it. The, the book is gone. I grab a passerby and say, You there, you there, what year is it? Okay, well, there, there are, the streets, as I said, are mostly empty, but there are. It's Christmas Day! <laughs> What? But there is a small orphan <laughs> selling newspapers, I guess. <laughs> and to play it, yeah, Tom, you want to play this? Play this orphan? Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas Day. We've got to get home, do a backflip, have some turkey. You know what I mean? What? It's Me- Christmas. I can't talk on the street for a boy. I slap, big... s- snap out of it. Oh, I've never been slapped by a virgin before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to make an assumption, but he's Wait, a virgin, right, guys? Well, how could you tell? Oh, you know, it's your hands are very soft. <laughs> <laughs> You've got soft virgin no, hands. Damn it to hell. <laughs> well, what, what, what year is it? Oh. What year? Well, the year is... 1493 Dale Reckoning, the 1,000-year anniversary of our eternal leader's great triumph just four days from now. Oh, shitty pants. I've got to kill Strahd and lose my virginity before it all goes to hell, which it already has done. Oh, oh don't say that too loud. You'll bring the guards around. Oh, no! And, and, and he hoofs it because you see, coming down the other way from this highway, are two figures in blue, high, um, narrow-collared jackets and with gold sash cummerbands and each of them holding vicious-looking black truncheons and wearing on their lapels, just above their hearts, silver badges of a bat with its hands wrapped around a globe. And I said to him, I said, um, you know, if you want to pay us uh, overtime, you've, you've got to, you know, uh, actually... you got to put in the logbook. you yeah. got to put in the logbook. Yeah, like you've got to be paid overtime saying, I worked extra. Where's the log? Where's the, where the thing that says, you know, and I agree that you should be paid extra. I don't I think, think that's... only reasonable. But it's reasonable also to put it in the logbook. It says... It says on the roster eight hours and you've done nine. Yeah, but where does it say that? Where, in the logbook. Yeah, where is yeah. it in the logbook? 
Hey, what's he doing what's there? What's he Looks doing like there? a big old virgin. <laughs> <laughs> the two guys walk over to the four of you. Now, as I said, you are overcome with exhaustion, so any checks you're going to have to make are going to be with disadvantage until you have a chance to rest from the effect of dramatic time relocation. All right, all right, all right. What's this here? All right, I'd like to see some papers, please. Arrest me. I'm a criminal. I've never done a fuck in my life. <laughs> and I deserve to be put away so I can fuck. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you want your first to go, to be perfectly honest. Well, I mean, it's summary execution for breaking curfew, so... Oh, uh, well, where's a place I can go and just chill? <laughs> well, you're out. Is there a lounge with, like, some cool vibes? I'm sorry, we're going to see... Is this how you would behave in a dystopia? Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to need to see some papers, please. Uh, okay, we are travellers from a distant land. Yeah. And so... All right, well, I'd like to see your travel papers, please. Pa- Is this a very paper-based society? One of the, one of the two well, guys... We're actually moving to paperless. Um, <laughs> oh. One of the two guards um, grabs a, um, a mirror from his belt, just a standard mirror, and while this one's talking, whose name is... Steve. <laughs> and Steve? Steve. Hey. Steve, Steve and Belgrave. No, uh, 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 uh. Steve. It's four E's. Oh my God. And I think it might be middle C. I don't know. Steve and Belgrave. Steve. Oh, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Grabs the mirror, a mirror and looks at it um, while he's talking to you. And then he quickly whispers something to Steve. And he goes, wait, wait a second. And he takes the mirror and he shines it on each of you. And he's kind of looking. He's like... These aren't citizens. Where are your blood bag papers? Yuck. Yeah, we don't have... The rules are very simple. Only vampires allowed on the streets of Velikovnisk after dark. I'm so sorry. Our lord let us go to the shops. Your owner, you mean. Our Uh, owner? We'll just say lord. (laughs) (laughs) Our lord let us go out for some errands and we are on our way back home post haste. We went for a swim. <laughs> <laughs> to, to wash ourselves. I, I just want to say so this is going to be baffling for the podcast listeners, but Phil just face does exactly what Alex's face just did, which Phil. was say something and then look really shocked and scared about how bad what you said was. Phil, why did you say that? I just said we went on air and swimming is not air. <laughs> because then we, that would explain why we didn't have our papers. Why? Because <laughs> we you, wouldn't want our papers to know, get wet. <laughs> how long have you been in Velikovnisk? I feel I, I'm behind and no one's caught me up on where we are. So I, we went for a swim. <laughs> make because of Filch's help. Make with disadvantage. Double disadvantage. Oh, just regular disadvantage. Uh, ooh, but just uh, what deception? 
Yes. Luckily, I have deception plus eight, so I score 15. 15 is unfortunately not enough as Belgrave takes a whistle and blows it, although the sound is imperceptible to any of you, but suddenly all of the glowing street lamps on this section of highway, just this section of highway, turn blood red as the entire area gets bathed in red light as the two of them draw their shock truncheons and one of them makes a dive at you, Bobby. They're like, all right, we have to kill some people. Put this in the overtime book and tell you what. I will. Yeah, well, as per our conversation... Work is work. Work is work. Put it, mark it down. Run! All right, now, Baston, you go first. Um, If you want to run, there is actually a doorway um, on the building next to the mural. Uh, yeah, I'm going through the doorway. All right, you dive through the doorway. Yep. Um, yeah. Bobby, no, you're I next. I guess I'll follow best on. All right, through as well, Filge. Yep. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, um, quickly make. The last one through is Frizo, so make for me an opposed dexterity check to see who gets through. Uh, that is a 13. A 13, all right. I rolled a 7, so you get through just beforehand, and you can see that there is luck upon luck, a key still in the door of the... As you burst through, you're I in a dark... I swallow it. <laughs> okay, so They'll the door is. Do you, do you lock the door? No, before the door. you didn't say lock the door. No, I lock, always say I lock the door. I just meant I swallow it to like when, when it gets to the point where we have to hide it. I'm gonna eat it. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> never forget what I've done for you. <laughs> but I am going to say that you lock the door, and there is a banging on the door of these two guards, and then it goes after a moment, and they realize they can't get in. It goes for now silent, as the four of you find yourselves in a vast open space that smells of sawdust and recent manufacture. The room is incredibly dark now that the door is closed. Does anybody have dark vision? Yeah. Me! Oh, no, not me, Walks. I'm a fucking human Holding like the idiot. claw of Chiron, you do have dark vision. Oh, I have dark vision because of, yes. of, of the claw. And the two of you can see what looks like a giant atrium, a place where crowds will, it looks like one day, queue and wait for entrance into a giant palace of sorts. There are banners that have just been recently erected. There is furniture still covered in paint cloth. There is fresh paint on the walls and there is a wire rack full of leaflets by the door that you have just entered. I pick up a leaflet. All right. In the leaflet you turn around and using your newfound ability to read, you can just make out the following. T-h-h-uh. To her. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> You're doing really well, Phil. Monument of the Leader opened 1493 Dur. 1493 Doctor. Yep. <laughs> Dale Reckoning. Learn the glorious history of our leader on the March of Progress. And there is an illustration of minecarts descending into the dark. Hate our shared enemies in the Gallery of Rogues. And you can see a long corridor with huge paintings that you can walk down and then marvel at the greatest gift on level three from a student to his master and then there is a a lithograph of a beautiful viewing room with two platforms that the audience can can see something that is covered by a white sheet in the lithograph this is as i said a flyer to the monument of the leader a museum it seems of strad von zarevich and his slow and steady but definite and obstinate rise to the top. Seems boring. 
I'm so gonna skip. You do all have a Any moment. Any roller coasters? Well, as I said, the you can see the march of progress is, is a series of minecarts that lead oh, down. Oh, could be roller coaster. And in fact, you can see because you are in the entry atri- um, entryway atrium, you can actually see just beyond a series of turnstiles a set of these minecarts in the wall next to a lever. Each of them um, big black vehicles. Do you get the sense on that rails. they're not? That they're like plastic mine carts where it might, you might have just been cheaper to get actual. You know what I mean? Like, it, do you feel like it's like weirdly? They look both incredibly expensive and yet somehow cheap at the same time. <laughs> My question: So, does this look like it's like an old defunct ride or a ride that is yet to be open? Ride that has been yet to be open. It's all oh. fresh paint and sawdust. Well, we've got much more important things to do, but I cannot resist <laughs> <laughs> being the first person on a ride. All right, you jump in. I'll pull the lever. Okay. Who, you guys in? Yeah. Dibs on being in the front. I want to be in the front. No, it's four people in a cart. So you can all be in a cart together or you can take two carts. I don't know why this matters to me, but somehow this matters to me. Best on you would be in the splash zone. Uh, yes, please. More than anything. All right, great. Bobby and on are in the front cart. Frizo and Filter in the second one. As soon as Bobby pulls the lever and then runs and hops into the cart with Baston, there is a groan of winches. There is a hiss. Which a groan of witches? Of winches. <laughs> winches. <laughs> uh, sure, actually, there is a. This is going to go in my overtime. <laughs> There are winches, but also there is a crackling recording starts to play that start opens with a bit of tinny music and the laughter of some witches as a lovely old man's voice begins to talk as the carts lurch forward. You can the lights turn on and you can see that the carts are emblazoned with bats all around them, and as you descend beneath the building on the march of progress, you can see a tableau of animatronic figures, small puppets made... Welcome to Jurassic Park. ...of caper, <laughs> wire, and leather. At first, you can see figures standing inside what looks like a cave filled with boxes, a figure standing above at the top, while another smaller figure stands with a knife in the centre of the cave as the voice begins to intone. Ah, shit. This is the story of our eternal leader, Strad von Zarevich. May his rule never end. Our story begins at Strad's lowest point. Fighting an impossible war with Netheril that he could never win, disaster struck when Netheri's assassins infiltrated the Court of Exile, assassinating Strad's father and destroying the court. As he says this, the little wire figure with the dagger makes a feeble little flip and another figure's head pops off on a tiny spring going wild. As the is, it car- a good li- is it a good likeness? Or? It's, it's, it, it's humiliating. It's... <laughs> It's not respectful? It's not respectful. Oh. It's, it's taken some of your features and enlarged them and taken other features and made them practically non-existent. Oh. And your face is really small for some reason. Your head is normal sized, but your face is really small. Strad was unbroken, however. In the rubble, he found an ancient book. A gift from the gods of great power. With the book, Strad was able to defeat the mighty Netherese and overcome countless trials, the betrayal of his brother, and many, many assassins that were sent to stop him. You can see, you're passing through a series of tableaus here, you can see him fight, uh, a little figure that is obviously meant to be Strad fighting his brother, um, 
getting married to his love um, and then um, her, her throwing herself from the roof of Castle Ravenloft, him descending to madness, but each time overcoming the trials of the gods, the trials of assassins against him, and finally a new figure as the cart descends into a new room and you can see the figure tiny figures of a halfling, a half-orc, a high-elf, and a human man slowly ascending up a giant, imposing mountain to a castle ringed by bats. Wait, there's a high-elf there? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> An animatronic high-elf. Does it look like Frieza? Uh, it could look like, it looks like Frieza used to look, yes. It's us, from the past. But why have they seen... Old Frizo, What the fuck's going on there? Because when you were in the past, we went to Strahd and we killed Strahd. But I look like a human man, possibly Chinese. So if he's seen a high elf, that means that we've been back there as our other selves previously. And that's why this whole thing fucked up. So we haven't fucked this up. This isn't our fault. This is a different timeline. This is a timeline... In which... <laughs> Filgy just gonna take a time out for this one. <laughs> Maybe we should go for an actual swim. <laughs> but the, the voice crackles in, most recently an adventuring party of four who made it all the way to Castle Ravenloft to end our leader's life. Luckily, Strahd knew of their arrival and had packed the castle with incendiary charges. The moment these wicked adventurers crossed the threshold of his home, it exploded. And our leader was safe again. There's beautiful fireworks of crepe paper and actual sparklers. Um, the top of the castle Ravenloft pops off and all four figures fall to their doom into the fire below. Wow. At last, however, the ride, as you get the sense that it is reaching its crescendo, it ar- you arrive in a large circular room with the rails winding around and around, descending deeper and deeper into the earth as around what looks like a statue, two stories tall, of Strad von Zarevich standing imperiously, though it has to be said in half construction, some of his wires and filaments still visible, clutching the sword and clutching the journal. And so here we stand in the uh, third age of twilight, in awe of our eternal leader. May his reign never end. May his enemies never know peace. May he... May he... May he, may he, may he, may he, may he. <laughs> As he does this imperiously, the, the robotic figure, the nimble right that is Strahd, turns and raises a hand, and it turns for the first time until it is looking directly at you, Bobby, and something clicks, its eyebrow twinges as its eyes suddenly go red and the recording falters as it suddenly lunges forward towards you with its stone and metal sword striking at you and quickly make a dexterity save. What? Uh, That's a... 23. And you, Bobby, has to duck out of his cart quickly as it swipes by, uh, missing him, luckily, and seizes up. As the room goes silent, the mechanics fail and the carts all die, leaving you trapped on the wall of the tower. I am going to find a suggestion box because there are many hazards in this. Not to, There's the sparklers and the crepe paper next to each other. You are asking for a fire. Not to mention the giant sword which nearly hurt you. Yeah, it's not great. Um, 
liked it. Not enough roller coasters are about me. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out and like just walk along the rails to the end. All right, so um, Bobby, very quickly and nimbly, you're, it's, it's simple enough. I won't make you roll for it. You walk your way up the rails until you find a small workman's door built into the side of the ride. You swing it open and you see a workshop. And inside that workshop, there is a figure hunched over a bench. Do the rest of you want to follow? Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you all follow into the room. And, yeah, you can see a figure with their back to you working at something on a bench. They haven't spotted you yet, or if they have, they haven't made note of it. What do they look like? It's a tall, big figure in a robe dressed in a suit cut in Barovian style. Can I make an attempt to grapple him? Yeah, sure, make a grappling check. Like, I want to put my and be like, shh, yep. don't talk. Yeah, heaps good, Dave. Okay, well, what was it? <laughs> don't even sweat, man. <laughs> Unarmed strike, it's a 23. Okay, it's a 23. All right, so Baston grabs the figure and slams them against a wall as they look and make a soft noise in protest. You're surprised as you see just how big this figure is. Powerful corded muscle, a large body, seven feet tall, um, is slammed against the wall and their hood of their cape falls back, revealing a soft, trusting face cut with a severe haircut. You can see two things. One, the pinned just above their heart is another one of the silver badges of a bat encircling a globe, but above that badge, surprise of surprises, is a face you have seen before, for it is, in fact, the face of a trusting small-town half-orc with big city dreams called Dilge. And to play that half-orc in the second half, please welcome to the stage when he comes... Tom Walker, but he won't because we're going to stop it here. No, you know, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. (laughs) Say a cool line, Tom. Say a cool line. The Dragon Friends are Alex Lee, Eden Lacey, Simon Greiner, and Michael Hayne. And I think some of them owe me money. Our Dungeon Master is Dave Harmon with NPC voices provided by Ben Jenkins and live accompaniments by Tom Carty. Tom Walker was also there for a little bit. Jakira Khan designs our website. The podcast is edited, mixed and mastered by me, Hugh Guest, and new episodes are recorded live every month at the Comedy Store in Sydney on Gadigal land in the Euro Nation. Until next time. Friendship is forever. Friendship never ends. It doesn't matter what time you're in. You're still a dragon Alex Lee needed a uh, two swords for a sketch we were doing recently, and I was going to go hire them. And Alex Lee went, "Nay, nay, uh, <laughs> hold your horses for one moment. I'm going to put this up on the Dragon Friends Huddle." And in six minutes, we had, and I counted, twelve swords. We were spoiled. For, it was like that. Imagine the scene in Fellowship of the Ring, but people keep being like, "And my sword!" And they're like, "No, it's fine." We have enough! Get out of here! ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.